I'm going to title this message today, Continue Conditioning. We all need to continue conditioning our, right, our, our mind, right? Um, it's critical, especially at this time, to continue conditioning our mind because so many times we can come to church, we can kind of lean on church, we can, get, we can get what we get out of church, and we can take those lessons, and, and, and we're constantly thinking about those things because we've, we've got those, and we have that time with people with, with like faith and all, and all those things are going on. But at this time, when we're quarantined and we're in our houses, and sometimes we just have our immediate family, and, and sometimes we um, have a little bit of confrontation or a little bit of... Uh, uh, disagreement. We get we've been around each other too much, so we can take some time away from those things and spend some time with God and continue condition our mind, continue condition ourselves spiritually by renewing our mind. Um, speaking on conditioning, an athlete um, like an athlete being in great shape is no accident. We're, we don't become spiritually giants or, or or spiritually mature by accident. It doesn't happen. Um, they don't, like an athlete, they don't get in great shape by, by accident. Um, they don't just fall down one day and big muscles pop up on their legs or, or, or on their bodies. They have to train and they have to, they have to train to be conditioned to do those things. Um, and when you're in great shape, you're either moving forward or you're moving backward. If you take a few days off, even though you don't realize it, talking about spiritually and physically, when you're in great shape, even though you may not realize it, when you take a few days off or a week off or a month off, it takes a while before you start to see those muscles go down. Right? Or before you start to see the fat come back on, you're either moving forward or you're going backwards all the time. You're either progressing or you're regressing, right? You have to train to stay in great condition. You have to train constantly to do those things. Um, our kids, because of this pandemic, they're homeschooling right now. And they homeschool to keep them sharp so they don't lose what they already have, right? All of your actions start with a thought. Every one of your actions start with a thought. Everything that you say or do starts with a thought. I'm still talking about training. I'm still talking about conditioning our minds, conditioning our spirit, man. So all of our action, every one of them, no matter what you say or what you do, it all starts with a thought. They may not be well thought out thoughts. You might not put a lot of time in. I, I put my foot in my mouth a lot of times right here because I ought to have a thought and I speak and my wife says, don't speak about that yet. Don't say, let's figure this out and think these things out first right before we start to speak on these things. So, um, Everything starts with a thought. It all does. And it's because of wrong thinking that we sin. It's because of wrong thinking that we get out of God's will, right? We choose our will over God's will when we sin because our thinking is wrong. And most of us have a thinking problem. Thinking problem, I'm going to refer to a few times today. I've got to preach a message about this a few years back. But we called it stinking thinking. A thinking problem or choosing God's will over, oh, my will over God's will would be stinking thinking, right? I have a thinking problem if I'm doing that. I'm, I've been conditioned to follow the flesh for so, many, for so long, for so many years. Um, here's another example. I work in a factory, and it's not uncommon in the summertime to be over 100 degrees in there, 100 degrees plus in, in this factory, right? So when you're conditioned to this thing, you can be outside on a cool summer night. It might be 75 with a breeze, a, a thing that would feel wonderful to us right now the way we're conditioned because we're just coming out of winter, right? That 75 with a breeze may feel uncomfortable to us. We might, want, we might choose to get up and move to be out of the breeze. A place where my body should be at about 75 with a breeze blowing. I like it about 68 with the fan going on me at nighttime, right? But a place that my body should want to be at, where my, my, my body temperature is right because my body is trying to regulate the right temperature, I might move away from that thing where I should be at because I'm conditioned to be somewhere else. She's telling me, slow down, calm down. This is really good. It spoke to me this week, but God gave me this message earlier in the week, and I've had all week to ponder on this thing, so sometimes those are the hardest ones to preach. So 
Because you're conditioned sometimes in the summertime, you can be outside in the, on, a, on a 75 degree evening right where your body should want to be at, and sometimes you'll feel like you need to move away from that thing. It's the same thing with our spiritual man. When we've conditioned our body for so long to live one way, to be able to have its way and be able to do whatever it wants to do, it, it, it tries to move away from the things that are good for it. Does that make sense in that way? <clears throat> when we've conditioned it, it feels cold. I'm going to skip past that page right there. Athletes train to condition. They didn't fall down the muscles pop up on them, right? They have to train to have stamina. A boxer has to have stamina to go 10 rounds. A football player has to play for 60 minutes of football, right? A runner has to finish his race however long that may be. They have to have stamina. They have to have lung, lung capacity to be able to breathe in and, and breathe out and exchange that air for the carbon monoxide to feed those big muscles that they put on themselves, right? They've got to have power. They've got to have speed. They have to have that agility, and it all takes training. They have, they have to train to be in that condition that they're in. Church, we have to train to be in the condition that we're in. Christians need to train. Paul called this thing a race. We have to train to be in the condition that we need to be in to make it till the end. I've got me a prop here today. This is an illustrated message. And if you've been here very long at Grace Family, you've seen this before. My wife's going to try to zoom in. Just leave it on this for a minute until I get done. So this represents my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. This is my spirit man who was dead until I was made alive by Jesus. When I, when I was born from my mother's womb, my spirit man was dead, right? So my body has been, or my, my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions has been following my body to do whatever it wants to do. I've conditioned myself. For me, in my instance, it was 35 years. For 35 years, my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions followed my body, which chased after the world and the things of the world and the lust of the flesh. In James 1 and 14, in the New King James Version, it reads like this. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Your own desires and you're enticed by your body, by, by your flesh, by, by the things of the world. And these two right here are connected. Your body always wants to go after the things of the world. And your soul has to, has to decide, okay, let's go ahead and follow. The body says, this sounds good. Let's go over here to this party. Let's go do this thing. Let's hang out with these people. Let's laugh at, the, at their dirty jokes and let's do the things that they want to do. Okay, the body wants to do this thing, so my soul goes right along with it most of the time. And that's where most of us are trained to live at, right? Our spiritual man, though, once we're saved, our spiritual man is made alive, right? And what's the Bible say? The Bible says that the Spirit of God speaks to me through my spirit. So now I have a spirit over here that's putting an input to my soul. And he's saying, no, let's not go over here. These things that you've been doing over here, they're not right anymore, right? The Spirit starts to speak to you. You get that little quickening down inside of you. Those things aren't right anymore, right? He, he starts to witness to you. And the Spirit, the big S, right? The Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, whatever you want to call him, he, he longs for the Word. He longs to get me into the Word. I want to read the Word. He'll, he'll, he'll speak these things to you. I want to have a relationship with God. Let's go spend some time in prayer. Let, let, let's, let's spend some time in the Word. Let's do these things with God. He, he longs to go to church, right? He longs to be around people of like faith. He longs for the things of God. So the Spirit of God is not going to lead us into temptation. He's not going to lead us into hanging out with the wrong people and doing the wrong things and thinking their jokes, the dirty jokes that they tell are funny. He's not going to lead us into those things, right? So, but we've been conditioned for so long to follow off their body. But the soul right here, the mind, the will, and the emotions, that's the chooser in the whole thing. 2 Corinthians 2, 5, 17 says, in Christ, when we've been born again in Christ, we're a new creation. We're different than before. We're different. We're supposed to start following after our spiritual man instead of our body in the world, right? 
In Romans 8 and 14, it says, whoever's led by the Spirit are the sons of God. When we're made a son of God, we're starting to be led by the Spirit. We're supposed to train. We have, we have to train to be led by the Spirit instead of by the flesh any longer, by the, by the body. Right? Galatians 5 and 18 says, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not bound by the flesh anymore. You're not bound by that. You're not bound by the law because the Spirit is not going to lead you into things that would violate the law of God. He's going he's gonna to long for more of things that God. He gets all his information from God, and he's going he's gonna to want to lead you into those things, right? He's not going to take you to places you shouldn't be. He's not going to take you around people you shouldn't be around. He's not going to do those things. In Matthew 4 and 1, it says Jesus was led by the Spirit. Now, if Jesus was led in this way instead of by the body, shouldn't we want to be led by the Spirit? We should even more want to be led by the Spirit. He's our example. Let's look at, I'm going to push this thing out of the way now. Let's look at Joshua. I don't want this to be a distraction to me. <laughs> Let's look at Joshua and Caleb for just a minute. Joshua and Caleb, they had a promise to go take the promised land, right? The, all, of the, all the nation of Israel had a promise to go out and take the promised land. This promised land was promised. It was called the promised land because it was promised by God. And, and Moses sent out a group of 12 spies to go out and see what was going on in the land and how hard it was going to be or what they had to do. And Joshua and Caleb came back and they agreed with God's word. They were following the spiritual man. They said, let's go take this thing. This promised land is a promise from God and we want it. It's ours and we're going to take it. We're going to receive this thing. Let's go out and do this. It's flowing with milk and honey. And the other people came back. The other 10 spies came back. They wanted to, the, the people wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb. They came back, and, and, and two of them were carrying a, a cluster of grapes on a pole, and they said, there's giants in the land. We look like grass, grasshoppers in their sight. They were looking at the natural. They were looking through their fleshly eyes, right? They were looking to the body. Their soul had to decide which one to believe in, though, and, the, and they chose to follow after their flesh, right? All the others, Joshua and Caleb wanted to receive this promise, but all the others had a thinking problem. They had stinking thinking, right? There will be serious repercussions if we don't take control of our mind, church. If we take control of our mind we have to do something about this this has to be something that we work on daily constantly renewing our mind constantly training our mind and training and training to be in the condition constantly conditioning our mind to be in the shape that we need to be in to be able to follow after the things of God and do the things of the spirit instead of the things of the flesh right my flesh has a 35 year head start on my spirit because I lived in the world for 35 years before I came to God and started a true relationship with God where I started trying to follow after my spirit man. Well, let me tell you something. When you let your body go in that direction for that long, and, and your souls used to go in that direction, it's a hard thing to get turned around. Yeah. It is. But if we don't take control of our minds today, if we don't work on this thing daily, there's going to be serious repercussions. You know what happened with the story of Joshua and Caleb? All those people who wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb, they wandered around the, around the wilderness until they all died, and then God brought up more people. I think it was everyone from 17 and under. He brought up a new generation to go in there and take that promised land. God's promise was still there. God's mind didn't change. But because they didn't control their minds and believe in what he said, he used someone else to do it, right? When you take control of your mind, when you start to begin to, to, to take control of your mind and condition your mind, conditioning your mind has to be a daily thing. The flesh is going to boil up. The flesh is going to give you a hard time with it. If you, I see people running all the time on the highway. If you look at someone, an athlete, who can run 10 miles, if you look at someone who can run 10 miles, their flesh has given them problems before. To get in that condition, their, their flesh has given them problems, right? They've had muscle cramps. They've had twisted ankles. 
If you can run 10 miles, you've probably thrown up. Your flesh has rebelled on you. Few times. You've got to go through some things, though, to get toughened into this condition that you need to be in to run 10 miles. Church, sometimes we've got to go through some things. Sometimes it's not going to be comfortable. Sometimes it takes discipline. Discipline's not fun all the time. But we need to be toughened in, church, spiritually toughened in to where we need to be at, to condition our minds, right? Conditioning is either progress. With conditioning, you're either progressing, progressing, or you're regressing, right? It's no accident. Athletes don't get into condition. They don't get into shape accidentally. Church, we're not going to fall down one day. We're not going to come up in a prayer line and get hands laid on us and be slain on the floor, and we're going to get up and be spiritually mature, spiritually in the condition that we need to be. It's not going to take control of our minds. God's not going to take control of your mind for you. He's not. He gave you a free will. We've got to choose. We're the chooser. We have to choose whether we want to take control of our mind or not, right? You're either progressing or you're regressing, right? How do you do this? Well, you're led away. When you're not progressing, when you're not pushing into God, when you're not, when you're not pushing into spiritual things, when you're not agreeing with the witness that the, that the Holy Spirit has given us, then we're led away. And it's usually gradual that we're led away, right? And we're led, by, we're led away by thoughts that rise against the Word of God. Any thought that's against what the Spirit's given us is rising against the Word of God. When you're hanging out with people you know you shouldn't be hanging out with, those thoughts are rising against the Word of God. They're rising against the thoughts of God. They're rising against the will of God. And we choose. We choose to do the things of the Spirit and what the Spirit's quicken us to do. Or we choose to go down the road of the things that are, that are raising themselves up against the, uh, up, trying to rise themselves above the will of God, right? And these things are usually, da- they're, they're usually small things. It usually starts off small. We usually are led away gradually. No one's on fire for God and pressing into God for all they're worth, and the next day they're gone, you just don't see them in church anymore. It doesn't happen like that. They miss a service or two here, but before that, they're underlying things. They start to follow after the flesh. They start to put away the things of God, start to put away the things that the Spirit's quickened them to do, and just small steps, baby steps with it, right? So dabbling in small things could cost you everything. Dabbling in small things could cost you everything. And these small things, though, most of the time, Christians, most of the time, church, these small things our mind is at. We've got so many small things keeping us busy, do, doing this thing or that thing, whether it's a hobby or my family or, or, or maybe not necessarily sinful things, but just small things that keep us busy. Excuse me. Maybe not necessarily sinful things, but just small things. This is where our mind's at. This is what the devil, this is how the enemy has us duped, is to keep our mind on small things all the time constantly going on small things and and then we'll come back to the word of god but then we get right back to our small things we get right back to the things that keep us busy right in romans 12 1 and 2 in the new living translation i'll read today it says and so dear brothers and sisters i plead with you to give your bodies to god because of all he has done for you we we should be living the way he wants us to live just because of what he's already done for us he created us he created a planet for us to live on he created all the animals and the plants and and, and everything that we need all the resources that we need to be here he made it just the right temperature that we could survive here shouldn't we serve him shouldn't we follow after his spirit and what he's quickening us to do so because of all he's done for us and it goes on to say let them be a living and holy sacrifice our bodies a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable This is truly the way to worship him, to live for him, and to follow after the Spirit all the time, to choose when the Spirit quickens. This is how we should worship him. 
to choose to follow after him. And that's why the name of us, are, we're called Christians, right? Christian, because we're a follower of Christ. The Spirit's just picking up where Christ left off. So if the Spirit's quickening us, we should be following him all the time. And in verse 2, it says this, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let, the, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Transform you. This word transform right here in the Greek means to change into another form, right? Remember in, two, in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, it says when you become to Christ, or come through Christ, you made a brand new creation. You're transformed into a brand new creation, right? A brand new creation. Don't copy the, the behavior of the world anymore. You've been changed. You're made spiritually alive. From the day that you asked God to forgive you of your sins, from the day that he gave you the faith to be able to believe in him anyway, you asked him to forgive you of your sins. When you confessed it with your mouth, you were made spiritually alive. You don't owe sin a thing anymore. right? Don't follow after the customs of the world anymore. Just because everybody else is doing it doesn't make it okay for you. doesn't mean it's okay for you. right? goes on to say, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How will we know God's will? Following after the Spirit, right? The Spirit's quickening us all the time. But we've got to condition our mind to follow the Spirit instead of following the flesh, instead of following after our bodies, right? The things that our body wants to do and the things that the world wants us to do. Some of us have been saved, but we haven't been transformed. All of us are being transformed. Some of us haven't been transformed much at all, right? Our actions haven't been transformed. Now, you can change your actions, you can do different things, but if you don't change the way you, the way you think, it's only going to be temperamental, right? It's only going to be for a little while. <clears throat> Not temperamental wasn't the word I was looking for, but temporary was the word I was looking for. You, you, you won't be able to change your, your actions all the time. You won't be truly changed because your mind hasn't been transformed, right? Our thinking is still stinking. Uh, it's still stinking. We have a, a thinking problem. In Proverbs 23 and 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if you translate that word right there, heart, in the Hebrew, it means soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. As you are in your mind, so are you. That's what he's saying right here, right? And so far it seems like, it might seem for some of you, this isn't for me because this is for younger Christians. Or this is, this is for that group who haven't really changed as much as I have yet. But this is for all of us. It's not just for the spiritually young. It's for everyone. We all have to be conditioning constantly, right? It's not just for the spiritually young, but it's for the spiritual adults as well. We must continue to constantly condition. We must continue to constantly train our minds. If we train our minds and we condition our minds, it, 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 it takes care of all the rest of it. It'll take care of our mouth. If you'll condition your mind, it'll take care of your tongue. Right? Because what's the Bible say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Who controls what's going into your heart? That abundance has to come from a deposit, right? It, it comes from what I listen to, who I hang out with, the words that are coming out of my mouth. So if I start to hang out with the people that the Spirit's leading me to hang out with, and, and, and I'm starting to listen to the music that the Spirit's leading me to listen to, and I'm starting to, I'm, I'm starting to watch the movies that the Spirit's leading me to watch, and I'm starting to read the things that the Spirit's leading me to read, what's going into me? Godly things. What's going to come out of me? The word of God. Those things are going to come out of me, right? If I'm spending time with God and doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. If we'll just condition our minds. This is the key to everything. 3 John 2 says this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health 
just as your soul prospers. Now this word right here, just as, if you look it up in the Greek, it means the same as even as. So let's read it like that. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. So when your soul prospers, your mind, your will, and your emotions, what else prospers? Everything. Everything in your life. When you, when you change your mind, when you get a hold of your mind, right? John connects prosperity to the soul. Prospering in everything. Your finances will prosper when you change your mind, when you get a hold of your mind, when your soul prospers, right? <clears throat> so with that being said, what thoughts, what thoughts are working against you? Well, let me, ask, let me say it like this. What thoughts are you allowing to work against you? Because you only have the thoughts that you're allowing. You can cast thoughts down. You can cast down imaginations. The Bible talks about it. That's a whole other sermon. We'll get into a little bit, though, just briefly. But what thoughts are you allowing to work against you, right? And when you're doing that, when you're allowing these thoughts to work against you, we could say it like this. What thoughts are you allowing to work against the will of God in your life? Because when you're allowing those things to get on you and you're allowing your mind to go those places and think about those things and dwell on those things, that's not God leading you down that road. That's not the spirit who's over here quicking you to do something else or think on something else or telling you how to get rid of that thought, right? If you control your mind, you win the war. If you lose control of your mind, you lose this war. What do you do with your mind and where you allow your mind to go are critical. It's life and death. Life and death. Without control of your mind, you'll never control your life. We can't afford to be complacent in this church. We can't afford to sit back and let our mind wander and do whatever it wants to do and go wherever it wants to go. We've lived this way for far too long. We can't afford this. We can't afford to be complacent in it, right? This power struggle is real. It's not a game. This is not a game. It's life or death, right? It's for your eternity. This fight is for your soul, for your eternity, for your eternity. What's worth holding on to? What's, what's worth more than your eternity, than your soul, right? Than, than taking control of your mind and getting it back from where the enemy's dragged you down, down to or down the road we went down, right? You want to win this battle? You might ask how. I'm glad you asked. It's real simple. You take this book, the Bible. This is my iPad, but it has multiple Bibles on it. You take your Bible and you apply it to your life. Amen. Every aspect of it. Not just part of it, not just the parts that are comfortable, not just the parts where you think you need change yet, but every aspect of your life. You take your Bible or the Word of God and you apply it to every aspect of your life. Let's look at Jesus Christ. He's our example, right? What happened? He, he cast down thoughts and imaginations. Like I said, that's a whole other sermon, though. But he used the Word to do it. When the enemy came against him, came against him Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was out, out in, the, in the wilderness, and, and Satan came and said, if you're the Son of God, make this stone in the bread. Right? He hadn't eaten for 40 days. Now think about this. You know how it is when you're fasting or when you're on diet, how good things sound to you? Jesus could imagine what bread would have smelled like. He could imagine what it tasted like. He could imagine the texture of the bread. I could imagine it with some fresh, hot, homemade bread with some butter real thick smeared all over it, melting down into it. You all like hot bread, right? Everybody likes hot bread, I think. I go, me and Brenda go to Red Lobster sometimes just for the bread. I'll tell them I just, we're going to share a lunch, and I'll eat 14 rolls. And I literally eat 14 rolls. So my body looks like it does. Jesus could imagine this bread though right he could he could have allowed his mind to dwell there 
and wonder on these things and think about that bread and think about how good it would be, right? That's, what, that's how Satan got to Eve. Yeah. She knew what she was supposed to do with that tree of life or that tree of knowledge. She knew what she was supposed to do with that. She quoted the word back to him, but he kept talking to her about it and kept talking. And it says after she took a second thought, then she saw that, that it was good for what he said. Then she started agreeing. She allowed her mind to wander over. So Jesus had the power. He, he, he was standing there. He, he could think about how he, he, could, he could imagine this hot, fresh bread. But, and he had the power to transform the stones. He could have done this. But instead, he used the word to quiet his flesh. He used the word to quiet the enemy, right? Conditioning takes discipline. It's no accident. No accident. You notice that in this story, Jesus had been on a fast for 40 days. Church, some of us need to fast. That's how we train our flesh. That's how we train our flesh to say, our flesh to say it's not going to be like it's been for the last 25 years. You're not doing me like this anymore. I'm listening to my spiritual man. Flesh, shut up. I'm listening to my spiritual man. I'm going to follow Christ from here out. Right? We started this relationship. We call ourselves Christians. We call ourselves followers of Christ. It's time to get started. It's time to condition our minds. It's time to take a hold of our mind. Take them back from the enemy. Take them back from, from, from our body, the way, that, the way that we've lived or the way, maybe the way that we're still living. And, and if we're honest, you know, all of us fall into this trap from time to time. We all slip up. We all, we all fall down. There's no shame in falling down, though, church. The shame is if we don't get back up and do something about it. I was sitting back in my office this morning, and, and I'd kind of lost it. If you've preached before, if I get my message way ahead of time, sometimes I'll lose some of the zeal I have for it by the time I get to, to let it out. So I was sitting back in my office praying and, and just wanting God's anointing and, and wanting him to take control this day, and, and I was just realizing all the things that go with this. And, and this is not something that you can listen to and then dismiss or something that you can take lightly. This is a major key to our Christian walk. This is a major key to being transformed is renewing our mind, discipline in our mind, right? Condition in our mind, constantly conditioning our mind all the time. Don't just hear this today and say, oh, that was pretty good information. Preacher wasn't much good, but it was pretty good information, and let it go. We can't do that. We can't afford to do that, church. We've got to continue to condition our mind tomorrow. I pray that God would, would remind us of this, that he would quicken us of this, that the Spirit would come back time after time after time and remind us, condition your mind condition your mind follow after me chase after me you call yourself a christian why don't you follow him in all things in every aspect if we could let's go ahead and close in prayer daddy we thank you for this day lord we love you father and we just praise your mighty name lord i pray that you would quicken all of us lord quicken me father god quicken all of us lord i pray that we would all be open lord to be quickened by you father god to condition our minds completely and totally, Lord, all the time, Father God, to constantly agree with and do the things that you lead us to do, Father God. Lay the flesh man aside, Lord. Fast if we need to. Spend more time with you. Whatever it is that we need to do, Lord. Get in our word. Whatever it is that we need to do, Lord. You, you just lead us, Lord, and help us to learn to follow. Lord, I know that you're always leading, Father God. The problem is our thinking problem. Our thinking stinks, Father God. Our thinking is something that we've used to rely on to for, for so many years and for some of us for all of our lives, Father God, the way that we live and, 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 the, and, and following after our body, Lord. But we need to learn to change that way, Lord, and follow after you. Daddy, I pray that you would quicken us with this daily, Father God. Continue to, even when we rebel sometimes, Father God, some of us will. 
Please continue to quicken us and, 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 and speak louder to us if you need to, Father God. I pray this to you. I know that you're a gentleman, Father God, and you don't yell, but please, Lord, just correct us in this way, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray these things, Daddy. Lord, I pray that you would keep us safe. Bring us back here to the next appointed time, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're new to Grace Family, we have service also at 730 on Wednesday. We'll see you there.